Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Mike Foreman, Senior Pastor of the First Baptist Church of Level Plains. For more information about Pastor Mike and the church, please visit our website at www.fbclp.life. Let's join Pastor Mike now as he shares from God's Word. Well, I'm going to do something a little different today, and I know every time a preacher says that, people sort of, uh-oh, you know, what's it going to be? But I want to do something a little different today because I really believe, I really believe we're in a, a time and a day where we're being told that uh, you can't reach people, <laughs> that people are not interested in the gospel. And I don't believe that's true. I think the problem is, is that we're in a day, and I've been saying it for the past two weeks, that we're sort of in a day where the people of God, majority of us are not even inviting people to come to church well enough, give them the gospel. And so I've been challenged you the past couple of weeks. Remember, we're debtors. We're indebted to lost people to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Last week, what we talked about was the fact that you and I are really debtors, not just to lost people, but we're really debtors to the gospel. That is that we, we have been saved gloriously by the gospel of Christ, and we ought to take this gospel into the world to everybody who needs it. And so in, in our series of, of messages, I've really been convinced that one of the things I've never done, and, and, and I told Marina yesterday and this morning, I said, I'm really kind of nervous to do something like this because I've never done anything like this before. And, but what I really want to do is today talk about a subject matter that I think is missed in church needs to be in church, needs to be in our church, needs to be happening in our church. And then I want to talk about how we can make it happen in tangible ways. And so I'm going to be honest with you. We're going to be short on Scripture because the Scripture is just plain and simple. It, it doesn't need for me to stand and give three points in a poem. It just, it just needs to speak for itself, Robbie. And it does. It speaks for itself today in a, in a magnificent, powerful way. But I want to be heavy on application today. Thus, you see all these tables up here. You're probably wondering, what is all this stuff? Well, I'm going to do some kind of really church-wide training today. So I want you to take your copy of God's Word and begin to find Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, we'll be putting all these scriptures up on the screen. Romans chapter 12. Before we look there, though, listen to... With Tom Rayner, the president of Lifeway, listen to what he said about hospitality in regard to when people come to your church, how we ought to treat them when it comes to hospitality. He says, you ought to pray as you enter the property. You ought to park at the most distant spot available. You ought to be a greeter of people. You ought to look for people to help. You ought to sit as close as possible and towards the front. We'll talk about that in a minute. Not only sit close as possible toward the front, but also sit in the middle of the pews. Sit closely. He says you ought to volunteer to serve, but also you ought to be praying as you leave. Pray as you come. Pray as you go. Hospitality. The Apostle Paul is writing in Romans 
chapter 12, sort of summarizing, sort of applying the truth of theology. Theology is no good to us if we do not apply it. Theology just kept in the head is wrong. Theology just kept in the heart misses the point. And so what Paul does everywhere he writes, every letter he gives, he gives us a theological essay and then he gives us practical truth. So Paul is writing to the church at Rome, already this glorious book talking about our salvation in Christ to get down to the application of that salvation and how we ought to live that out. And he gives various different um, commands and he tells us what we ought to be doing in chapter 12 as he's finishing this gospel presentation. And I want you to hear just one verse. And I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation because I, I love the effect. Romans 12, 13, and just the latter half of that verse, there's two different commands there. There's two different ideas in that verse. I want to concentrate on the latter, and here's what he says. Always be eager to practice hospitality. I want you to think about that for a minute. When the church thinks about visitors and people coming into the doors of the church, what the Apostle Paul is saying for us is that out of our salvation, out of our being born again, God demonstrating his love toward us, while, by the way, we were yet sinners, when we were lost, when we were without hope, when we were outside of the family of God, God was looking for us, <laughs> and he saved us. Amen? And I want you to think about that because now Paul is taking that same applicational truth and saying that you and I need to apply hospitality to those who are not here yet. Or if you're a guest today, hopefully we're applying it today. All right? Because we ought to be hospitable. Notice how Paul says it again in the New Living. I love it because he said, always be eager <clears throat> The word hospitality that is there, it just simply means to entertain strangers. That's all it means. There's no deep theological long essay to give you today. It just means really to entertain strangers. That is to be welcoming. Your church ought to be a welcoming church to strangers, people who we don't know. And some of you are looking around the room. I see you looking and saying, I don't know that person already. I don't know that person already. I don't know that person already. And if we don't know that person already, could it be that it's not necessarily the visitor's fault or the guest's fault? Maybe it's our fault for not going to that guest to ask him their name and to spend a little time with them to find out about them. Practice the, the gift, the, the, the heart of loving people by practicing hospitality. Going and talking. Now, it's all over the Bible. Hospitality is all over the Bible. We don't have time to look at all over the Bible today. Let me just give you two other New Testament texts. Listen to what Paul says, or excuse me, the Hebrew writer, unless you believe it's Paul. The Hebrews writer says in Hebrews 13, 1 through 2, he says this. Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. That's no brainer. That's inside the church. And then he says this. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. 
What a great reminder. Same concept, same idea that Paul is giving in Romans 12. That all of us in the church, we are to love one another. But then what does he say? He said we ought to practice this idea of loving strangers. People that may walk into the doors of First Baptist Church of Level Plains and not be known by us. We ought to love them. We ought to be welcoming to them. Titus chapter 1, verse 7, 8, he directs it towards the pastor. Listen to what he says. For a bishop must be blameless. And then he goes on and he talks about these different qualifications. And in there he says, inhospitable. Pastor ought to be, I ought to be welcoming to strangers. So it's not just, you know, that I'm asking you as a congregation of people, hey guys, we need to learn to be hospitable to people that come to the church doors, but it's something that I need to practice as well. It targets my, matter of fact, it is supposed to be biblically mandated as a pastor, as a qualification that they be hospitable. I've met some pastors because I am one who are not hospitable people. All right? I really have. I met some pastors like that. They're not friendly. You can't talk to them. They're never available. I've met people like that, okay? That's not a qualification of a pastor. He's not to come to the office, shut his door, lock his door, and stay inside all day long, never to talk to anybody. And he doesn't walk into the sanctuary right on time to preach and walk out as soon as the preaching's over. I'm old-fashioned. I stand at the door. One of these days, I may not do that. I don't know. It just depends. But one of the reasons I stand at the door is it gives me an opportunity to speak to as many people as I can because it's hard to speak to everybody. And especially like today, when I'm long-winded in Sunday school teaching, I didn't get a chance to come on down here and walk around the sanctuary. So if I didn't get to you today, I'm sorry. I try. <laughs> but you can see me at the door when, I, when you leave today. Unless you go out a side door. If you go out the front door, I'll... I'll see you there. But I want you to think about this loving of strangers. And I want, you to, I want you to think about it in this concept. When you and I are reaching people, you remember we talked last week that, it's, that Paul said that he became all things to all men by what? The whole reason for that was so that he can win some. So when we think about hospitality, it is opening the doors of friendship and love towards stranger for the opportunity to tell them about the love of Jesus. So it's really, it's a tool. It's, it's something that God has given us in order to help us to just be welcoming the people that if we are welcoming the people, they may want to listen to our message about the love of Christ and how he died for them and was buried and praise God as we sang about today. He rose on the third day. And it's for us today that we ought to be telling that message to a lost world in his book, The Secrets of a Secret Shopper, Greg Atkinson said this. He said, with, with the command to practice the loving of strangers so prevalent throughout Scripture, it seems that showing hospitality, here it is, listen to this, is one of the primary signs of a follower of Jesus and a church that follows Jesus. A church that's not friendly is not following Jesus. Remember what the Bible says about him, right? He was a friend of sinners. Did Jesus ever meet anybody he didn't talk to? Even the religious fanatics, the the guys that were ridiculing him, he even seemed to have time for them. And so we ought to have time for people. Being hospitable towards people 
Because if we don't, listen, we may miss the opportunity to share the gospel with people. And by the way, can I tell you, that is the primary responsibility of all of us in this room. But listen, that is the primary goal of hospitality. Listen, I read a lot about church growth, and and it's nice to be hospitable. It's nice to see these large churches doing all this stuff about giving away gifts and doing all these things to reach people. And it's great to do that. But if the focus is just to have a bunch of people sitting in the pews on Sunday morning, then ladies and gentlemen, we're doing it for the wrong reason. And that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the fact that we're going to be hospitable and we are going to give gifts and we are going to treat people with kindness and we are going to go the extra mile. And why are we going to do that? Because I want us to have the opportunity to share the gospel. More importantly, more importantly, write it down. I want people to have the opportunity to receive the gospel. Amen. And so that's what it's all about. And listen, there's a lot of people out there who go to churches and it doesn't go well. And they missed the opportunity to hear about Christ. This past week, I heard about a story about a young lady named Mary who has gone through a recent separation from her husband, going through a very difficult time, and she agreed to come and for me to interview her and to show that interview this morning. So guys, show that interview so they'll understand. Tell me a little about you know, the, the experience that you had at that church. Uh, I heard a little bit of the details. I really don't know a whole lot, so... You know, sort of share that with me. What happened? Um, with a four-year-old, as I'm sure you know or have heard, it's um, crazy to get them ready for anything. <laughs> yeah. um, so one day I decided I was going to go to church. I, I drive through here and, and see churches all around me. And being in a bad place, I just felt like maybe that's something I should try. Haven't been in a while. Okay. So I wrangled my four-year-old up, um, but I was like, so I got in, and the parking lot was full, and I wasn't quite sure where to park. There was no one there to tell me, mm-hmm. so I parked on the grass. Oh. Um, and nobody was there to tell me if it was right or wrong to do that. Right. Um, I got my, my kids stuff together, got him wrangled up again, and started to walk toward the church, but I didn't know where to go. Again, no one was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I heard music, so I thought, follow the music. Follow the music. He's talking the whole way, of course, and no one, I can't find anyone to tell me if I'm going the right direction, but I continue, and um, I get to the door where the music's the loudest, and I thought, okay, this is, this is going to be a good thing, it's going to be great, and I open the door um, and step out, my kid is still talking the entire time, and I ended up where the choir comes out on the Front stage, um, absolutely mortified. He still hasn't stopped talking. My son hasn't. And I interrupted the preacher speaking, and people started laughing. I I had to leave. I I didn't know what to do, and I was embarrassed, and, and nobody really helped me. Nobody came up and, and just said, it's okay. Um, so, yeah, that, that was my experience. Um, I'm not quite sure what else to say about it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I know it's painful to share that kind of experience. And one of the things I'm trying to do with our church is help them to understand that, you know, there's a lot of areas out there that, that will be coming to our church. And, you know, we want 
we certainly want you to come visit with us and give us a chance, but you know, I, I understand how difficult it probably is. So have you been to church, been to church, any church since that happened? Not really, only because I don't, I don't know if I could handle that kind of experience again. Yeah. And really, I just wanted something welcoming yeah. and, and with open arms. And instead, I was just embarrassed. Mm. So I'm just kind of afraid of that happening again, yeah. especially with my son. You know, I wanted to yeah. have a better experience. Well, listen, I, I appreciate that was hard, but I appreciate you sharing your, your story with me and uh, taking the time to come by and, and tell me how we can make our church better. Thank you. And there's a lot of Marys that are out there that, you know, will go to a church on any given Sunday and have that kind of experience, you know, and I wouldn't want that experience to be here, would you? Certainly not. And so what can we do to make that experience not happen? And that's where we sort of move to a training idea, a training aspect. And you see these tables here, and I'm going to go through some quick training with you, and then we're going to be done. Actually done with the preaching, but then hopefully you won't be done engaging. So let me just tell you where we want to go and what we want to do and how we get there. You know, the Bible says that, and we've been talking and harping on on loving God, loving people for years. It's not something new with us. You've heard me say it a million times. If we're going to love people and honestly love people, then we have to do that in tangible ways, right? John reminds us, let us not love in word and tongue only, but let's put some feet to our loving of people. Amen? And one of the ways we can do that, and by the way, don't take it as, a, as I'm saying you're an unloving people or you're bad people. or that, That's not what I'm saying. Don't, don't misunderstand what the point of the sermon is today. I see some of you looking at me like you're mortified a little bit. and Don't be mortified. But just, just understand that we want to avoid any Mary that may came through our, come through our door. And, and thank God she can't walk on stage anymore because we got rid of the doors. Um, but we don't, want, we don't want that kind of bad experience. We don't want somebody wandering our parking lot not knowing where to go. Especially when you've got a four-year-old, you're, you're late because you've been wrestling with him all day. And you, you all know the drill. You know how it is. Many of you got four-year-olds. I got two at my house. I know what it's like. So what do we do? Well, let me just tell you what every member in this church needs to do. Every single one of us, what we need to do. I'm going to give them to you. And I did it alphabetically, so I don't have, or not alphabetically, but just A, B, A through G. So number one, be inviting. Invite someone to come to our Easter service now, you're saying, why are you concentrating on Easter? Because let me tell you something. Statistics tell us, remember we told you that 82% of people said if they got a personal invite, they are most likely to come to church. That increases a little bit more above a margin in, at Easter time because people are thinking spiritual things. So while they're thinking spiritual things, why not engage them and invite them to a spiritual event called Easter? The second thing is, I'm going to ask you as church members to park out on easter and on most sundays we need to park out in other words if you're a member of this church and you can walk you need to park in that field that's out here or you can park out in front of the family life center or you can park out back behind the the fellowship hall you know we can park out because we're able-bodied we can walk and we want guests to have the best parking spots available 
And guess where they're at? They're out front and they're along this side of this building right here. That's the best parking available. It's right here to where we are. And so I'm going to ask you to do that. There's some, you know, just be careful where you park, but there'll be places to park. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. How about this? Sit towards the front and in the middles, you know, move to the middle of the aisle. Because that way, you know, if you're sitting on the edge and a guest comes up and we're getting full on Easter, guess what? They're going to think that's closed. I can't go in there. And we don't ever want to give anybody the feeling like we own a bench. Because it's not your bench, it's God's bench. Amen. He owns it. The day it was donated to this church, it became God's. Amen. And, and if, it, if it is yours, then, you know, find a screwdriver, unscrew it, and take it with you. And we'll replace it with one that's God's. Okay? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a joke, but that's serious. You know, and I can get a little more harsher, but I won't. Okay? Uh, I did in one church, and I wasn't sure I wasn't going to get fired. So, How about this? If you see somebody that's new, how about offer to sit with them? Offer to sit with them. How about this? How about being just warm and friendly? Just be warm and friendly. You know, be friendly to those around you. Now, don't be fake. Be, you know, coffee shop friendly. You know what I mean by coffee shop friendly? Does that make sense? Does that compute to millennials? You guys go to coffee shops all the time. We mean, Travis. That doesn't come I mean, like when you go in and you just, you just talk to people. You know, it's like you're getting your coffee and you're at the coffee bar and the people behind you are talking to you and you're talking to the people behind the bar. You're just having basic conversation of life. That's what we want to be. We just want to be normal conversation. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to sound churchy. We don't want to sound higher up. We don't want to sound condescending. We just want to be friends. Just want to talk to them. What about this? How about pray that the Lord will save somebody? We ought to be praying that God save people. Amen. That's what it's all about. And then the last one is serve. Everybody in this church ought to serve. Now, how can we serve? That's a great question, Pastor. And I'm going to tell you exactly how you're going to serve, okay? If you want to engage, you want to get involved. And here's the great thing about it is, if we get enough people to sign up to serve, we can have two teams. We don't have to, everybody, you know, there, there's some people, there's some things around the church. Let me just be honest with you. There's some things around the church that some people do every week. And they have to do every week because other people won't do them, all right? Or they at least do it maybe every third week, like children's church, like nursery duty, those kinds of things get rotated with a lot of people. They end up getting stuck in there. I shouldn't say that word, but you know what I'm saying. That's what they're feeling. They're like, you know, I can't even go to church because, you know, I'm in the nursery one week. I'm in children's church the next week and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know how it is, right? So how can we serve? Well, first of all, we need a group of parking lot volunteers. There's a table down here somewhere. I don't remember which one it is. It says parking lot on it. Thank you. Yeah, right there. Vanna, thank you. <laughs> If you want to help volunteer to work the parking lot, and that, that means to do what? Well, let me tell you what it means. I'm going to go through them real quick. That means you're coming 30 minutes early before the service. That means on Easter Sunday morning, we're not having Sunday school. That means you're ready on the parking lot at 10 o'clock. Service is at 1030. That means you stay on the parking lot until 10 minutes after the service begins. It's commitment, I know. But hey, if you don't ask for commitment, people will never be committed. Amen? We can't water it down. We've got to just tell it like it is, okay? And we've got to, we got to commit ourselves. Be in place. Listen, be in place when the service is over. People park, but the people need to know how to get out of the parking lot. Amen? And, and you're saying, people know how to get out of the parking lot. Uh, you ever been to Walmart? <laughs> you think people naturally would follow a, a natural flow of traffic, but they don't. So they need to know how to flow the traffic to get out of the parking lot. Okay? Uh, greet guests. You, listen, you are the first impressions team. 
When those people see you on the parking lot and you park their car and they come up and speak to you, your first impressions, they're going to decide whether they like First Baptist Church Little Plains when you say, hey, all right? So Kenny, be nice. <laughs> now listen, we need some people, listen, you're saying, listen, Brother Mike, I am not parking cars. Hey, that's fine. We need some people in the parking lot for the specific reason of taking guests where they need to go. Because here's the worst thing we can do as a church. When somebody says, where do I take my kid to the nursery? It's in that building over there. No, 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 no. We don't want to do that. We want to take them to the nursery so they know they're in the right place with their kids. Because this pointing stuff, you and I point, we know exactly where to go. And, and every time we have a fellowship meal at the end of church, I always say, now, folks, we're going to go in by the old library door. I say that every time. I've been here 10 years, I, well, almost 10 years, and I say that every time. And half the people sitting in this church, you don't have a clue where the old library used to be. Can I get an amen? All right. So what does that mean, parking lot people? Well, it means the next thing, never point the way, take them where they need to go. And if it's raining, bring an umbrella that day so you can help escort them to where they need to go. But it also means you need to know where people need to go. So if you're not familiar, if you're going to work at the parking lot and you're not familiar where the children go, then guess what you need to do? You need the first thing you need to find out by asking me or asking one of these ladies around here. I promise these ladies that work these jobs, they know where, where you need to go, where these places are at. And they can tell you where to go. The next group of people are door greeters. We got three door greeters every Sunday morning, do an excellent, wonderful job already. And what we want to do is come alongside them and we want to supplement them. All right. We're not trying to take Mr. Lee's job away or Garrett's job away or Mr. Hoyt's job away. We're not trying to take their job away. We want to come alongside them and we want to help them. Here's what we need to do. We need to man every single door. That means there ought to be two people at the nursery every Sunday who are willing to greet people as they're coming, bringing their kids to the nursery and help them. Because listen, if we're not there, they're not going to know where to go. And we don't want them walking through the wrong door and getting embarrassed. All right. So we need to be at every door. Some of them are going to hand out literature. Mr. Lee's been handing out literature for a long time. Just go on, just hit them. Don't worry about if I get them right or not. Just, just go ahead and put them on screen because you know, I'm just going to do that. All right. So you're going to arrive 30 minutes early. You're going to stay 10 minutes after the service begins. You know, you're going to be in place after the service is over so you can say goodbye to people. Um, you know, we want outside doors covered. We want the sanctuary door covered, uh, handing out materials. Those folks will be doing that. But again, never point the way. Take somebody. That's why we need people at the door so we can take people where they need to go. Nursery registration and extra volunteer. Now, here's where I'm going to get down and dirty, okay? Here's where you're not going to like me because I'm going to make you feel a little guilty, Okay. Because nursery people, registration people, we need to register every child. Because listen, we know our kids, right? We know our church kids, let's be honest. I know who all the little babies are. I know who most of them belong to. But you may not. And definitely if somebody strange comes in that I don't know, a stranger or a visitor comes in, I don't know their kids. And I want to make sure that if something happens to that baby, you know, they're crying uncontrollably. And Miss Mabel's ready to pull her hair out because she's in the nursery with Nana. And they get stuck there a lot, Right? So we're looking for some help. You know, they want to know who to go to to get that baby, what a baby, what that baby needs. So if we're not registering kids, we won't know who to get to. We won't know who to go to. So we want to register every kid. Stay 10 minutes after it begins. Welcome the guests and people to the preschool area and nursery area. Help them get registered. Uh, reassure parents. That's so important. Reassure the parents that if anything happens, 
They need at any time to come get their kid. They are more than welcome to do that. We have a safe environment. We have a welcoming environment. And we want them to feel like, you know, their kids are going to be safe. And they need to know that. And, and if we have any problem with your child, you will be immediately contacted. So we need to always reassure parents that you're saying, we don't do that. Well, we need to start doing that. All right? We need to do that. So it's important that we do that. We follow safety procedures. Let them know what they are. Um, now, let me give a, a shout-out because, listen, there's a lot of people who, who serve in the nursery and preschool area who don't get recognized, and they're there, and it happens a lot. But, but listen, serving in those areas, and we need extra people to help. If Easter is going to be what I think it's going to be, and I'm going to talk about that in just a moment, but if Easter is going to be you know, a large service and more people, then we're going to need more help in these areas. It's tough if you're in there. There's two of you taking care of 10 babies. That's tough, isn't it, Ms. Mavis? It's hard to do. All right? So we want extra help. So, you know, Jesus said what? Suffer the little children to come to me. It's a blessed thing to work with kids. Amen? It really is. And you get the opportunity to, to minister. And look, what if a parent is undisturbed in a service and gets saved? That's eternal value. Amen? And that's the kind of thought process we need to have. So you guys that serve in the nursery, listen, you're the true heroes of our church. You never get recognized, and you get stuck in that nursery sometimes. And I'm using that word stuck, but really it is a blessing because you're making a parent have an opportunity and an ability to either be discipled in Christ or find out who Jesus is and be saved. How awesome is that? That's, that's a great ministry. So we need folks. There's registration, nursery stuff up here. We want you to come be a part of that. The Welcome Center desk is covered. I don't have a thing up here for you to sign up on because... Women's ministry is doing an excellent job. You ladies, let me just give you a kudo. Y'all doing a great job, Laura. I appreciate you handling that. And her and I talk, so I'm not going to go through all those right now, Casey. Laura knows those, and I'll reinforce them. So what do I mean by Easter? Well, let me just tell you what we've done. This year, we have not advertised Easter at all in the newspaper. All right? We always do, but we didn't this year because newspaper's dead. Not many people are, are worshiping or reading, excuse me, reading a newspaper. So we put all of our ducks in a row, and we, we advertise, the only church I've seen advertise on Facebook. And uh, we've, we've spent $300, and it really hadn't even reached that much yet. And so far, let me just give you the statistics. As of the yesterday afternoon when I was writing the statistics down, we have 17,113 people who have viewed our ads. Wow, think about that. 17,113 on our website, what does that equate to? We've had 13,769 visits to our website. Think about that. People are interested in First Baptist Church Level Plains. If statistical evidence is true, then we could have well over 100 additions to our Easter service. We had 236 last year. We could have, think about this, 330 in the sanctuary on Easter. If we do, and if we're not ready, they're not coming back. We'll have a big Easter service, but they're not coming back. And I've been working hard and praying hard that you will hear me today. Something different, I know. But, but jump on board and let's see if we can't reach out and, and retain people so that they can hear. They got, remember, it's always, always, always about the gospel. As I wrap it up, let me just give you a couple of things. I talked a few times about being company ready. If you read my newsletter articles, I talked about it in there. On March the 31st at 8, if you can help, 
We want to just do a little spring cleaning around here, make sure things look good, make sure the grounds are picked up because you know what? We got folks that are going to be coming. They're going to make a first impression by what they see. And if they see cobwebs in our front door or on our fans or whatever, that's going to say something, right? So we want to clean things up. Maybe there's some things we need to fix. I know Bruce has a few things that, that he knows that needs to be taken care of. We can come alongside him and help him. The other thing is, you know, we need to be praying over our facilities. And so on Wednesday, March 28th, we, spring break, we're not going to have any services, but it would be a great opportunity at 6 p.m. on the 28th for us to come together and pray over our facilities, pray over our sanctuary, pray over our nursery and preschool, and just ask God to fill it with people who need to hear the gospel, but more importantly, who will respond to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that day. So what do I want you to do? Well, I'll just tell you how the commitment goes today. Sign up to volunteer in one of the areas. And after you do that, let me just tell you, I'm going to feed you breakfast on Easter Sunday morning. At 9 a.m., we're going to have a volunteer breakfast. That way, all my volunteers can come eat breakfast, and they'll be here by 10 o'clock. Aren't I smart? (laughs) The other thing I want to do is the personal invite. I've been telling you about personal invite every week, every week. Invite somebody, invite somebody, invite somebody. And, you know, just through the providence and the smartness of the Lord, not me, we have put together a little ticket. And this little ticket is an invite. There's five in a pack. I got a 1,000 of those things sitting up here. You can come by and get five of those or 10 of those or 15 of those. You know that many people. And you can personally invite somebody so simply by giving them a ticket. Say, I'd like to just invite you to come and be a part of Easter service. All right? So come by and get, get tickets and invite people. So that's what you're going to do today. And then I want you to pray. Remember, we've been praying for the individuals we're bringing and the people that we're asking to come to the Easter service so they can hear about the good news of Jesus Christ because that's what it's all about. It's not just about numbers. It's not about having people here for Easter. It's about having people that can hear the gospel and know that Jesus saves, and he does, doesn't he? Amen? 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 He saves, right? Am I in a Baptist church? We believe in that word saved, right? If you don't know what saved is, let me just tell you, Paul defines it this way. Christ died for your sins, according to the scripture. That is, we were all sinners, separated from God, no hope of going to heaven, nothing but destined for hell. But here's the good news. He died for your sin. He paid the penalty. He paid the debt for your sin on the cross of Calvary. The Bible says he did die, so he was buried according to what Paul says. But praise God on the third day. On the third day, you hear me? Jesus rose from the dead according to the scriptures. There's the justification. Paul says that he died for your sin. His blood washes it away. He rose from the dead on the third day to make you right with God. And listen, here's the good news. If you'll today... If you'll today put your faith in Christ, I promise he'll save you. He said he would. He said he would. He said he would. Amen. Let's pray together. Thank you for listening today. And remember, you can find more information about Pastor Mike and the church at our website, www.fbclp.life.